information website, and much, much more, including a surprise bonus we just can't tell you about here. With plenty of room left over to store your most important documents. Imagine if a mega virus or a computer failure took out your bank, or all the banks for that, or are your banking records safe in your hands? So when they get things fixed and repaired, you can say, hey, look, this is what I had. You have it. I want it back. Is your personal data safe? Family records, addresses, phone numbers? Well, squeeze on over to freedomslips.com. Yes, that's www.freedomslips.com. Click the banner on the homepage for the EMP proof bullet drive to get the full scoop of everything that we offer. So, folks, keep your data safe for your peace of mind. Revolution Radio, freedomslips.com. You don't need to expect us, we're already here. people's war. It is our war. We are the fighters. Fight it then. Fight it with all that is in us. And may God defend the right. Warning! Warning! We gotta stop us! They're gonna kill us all! See how the trouble you've started? Be they the government, be they industry, be they organized labor, be they anyone, or human beings! When the operation of the machine FreedomSlips.com, the number one listener-supported talk radio station, throwing ourselves upon the gears of the machine. Revolution Radio, where information never sleeps. You calm down the thunder, well now you The opinions expressed on this radio station, its programs, and its website by the hosts, guests, and call-in listeners or chatters are solely the opinions of the original source who expressed them. They do not necessarily represent the opinions of Revolution Radio and FreedomSlips.com, its staff, or affiliates. You're listening to Revolution Radio, FreedomSlips.com, 100% listener-supported radio, and now we return you to your host... Welcome to The True World with Matthew Deagle. This is your host, Matthew Deagle. I'm here to discuss world events, uh, collective and individual, in terms of their psychological and symbolic influences, and the consciousness and spiritual influences that are governing all these events collectively, as well as the cultural, uh, religious, uh, and also to a degree genetic influences involved, all of which come together to produce the situation we see today in the world. Um, today I wanted to discuss a little bit about the current events. Uh, Israel's attacking Gaza in response to rockets. They've, uh, shut down protests, uh, against the deeming of Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. They, uh, actually killed a Palestinian, uh, journalist who was covering the protests for some reason. I don't know what the full circumstances are. The news just came out about this, but they shot this guy uh, dead 
uh, and they also injured several others at these protests. All of this deriving just from declaring Jerusalem the capital of Israel. So I've discussed this on my show before a little bit, but uh, really the state of Israel is illegitimate and not just in the sense that, oh, you can't just take over somebody else's country and declare yourself a sovereign state by robbing somebody else's land. I mean that even historically it's just a, a legend. Uh, Israel was never a separate country from Egypt. The uh, and, and in reality, uh, you know, genetic studies and historical and archaeological evidence all show that the Jews are actually just Egyptians, uh, basically Lebanese, which means northern Egyptians. Uh, that the entire region stretching from northern Lebanon down through Palestine and Israel and all of Egypt of today uh, was always one country until it was conquered by foreigners like the Assyrians and Babylonians and Persians. So until later conquests, uh, that was all in Egypt. Now the Roman Empire uh, divided it into provinces, which they called Judea for a while, uh, but deemed they, they actually created the state of Palestine as a province of Rome in 135 AD in response to a uh, bloodthirsty revolt by the Jews by Jewish religious fanatics, the Bar Kokhba revolt, which was actually uh, carried out by the ancestors of today's Jews. That's where Judaism comes from in its modern form is the Bar Kokhba sect, which was like the Jewish version of the Inquisition or the Crusades. <clears throat> it was an extremist. Uh, it was co comparable to like Islamists. They were terrorists. They killed random civilians all over the Mediterranean. And eventually they were quashed by the Roman emperor. So, uh, you know, you first had the invasion by Titus, uh, who destroyed the temple in Jerusalem. Eventually, Emperor Hadrian banished them all from the region and established the state of Palestine. So Jews, as we know them today, really derive from not the entire population of Judea even, but uh, from an extremist sect. And so there's no legitimacy to the state of Israel to begin with. And problems always arise when you try to base a country on something illegitimate and unrightful. Uh, if they were really looking for peace and just to dwell in the region, the solution would just be to join Lebanon because Lebanon already has a government that respects all of the three major sects, actually all four major sects there, the Christians, Maronites, right, they're Catholics, the Shiite Muslims, the Sunni Muslims, and the Druze are all uh, they all have a balance of power in the Lebanese government. This is a situation that follows the Lebanese civil war, but it shows that at this point, at least, it would be a wise thing for Israel just to integrate into Lebanon in a single country uh, in which then the Jews would also have a balance of power with the other sects. Uh, and I mean, as I said, <clears throat> genetically, the different religious sects in that region differ somewhat from each other because of different admixtures, but they all come from the ancient Egyptians. The Jews all over the world are just descended from the ancient Egyptians, mixed with a group called the Habiru, <clears throat> who were like uh, a criminal type of uh, subcast of society uh, that invaded the region around 1300 BC. Uh, <clears throat> the Muslims in Lebanon are a mixture of the Egyptians and the uh, Arab uh, invaders who came there during the Muslim conquests. 
Uh, it's not clear where the Druze come from, but the Christian Lebanese are basically direct descendants of the, the Egyptians or Canaanites. Uh, so the Israelis, the Jews, <clears throat> they created this fake uh, Torah, all right? The Torah as we have it today, the Old Testament of the Bible, was rewritten in the Second Temple period by the Jewish sect. Uh, it was not originally... It did not originally, for instance, talk about the destruction of the Canaanites because the Jews themselves were Canaanites. They were didn't talk about, uh, didn't demonize the Egyptians either because they were also Egyptians. And in fact, the origin of those stories of slavery and so forth have been turned around entirely because historically the Egyptians, the Egyptians in Egypt were enslaved by the Hebrews or the Habiru. Uh, from whom the Jews partially derived because these Habiru invaded part of uh, Canaan, which became known as Israel, around the city of Shechem or the town of Shechem. So uh, <clears throat> it's a falsified history, a falsified chronology that tries to erase the fact that the Jews are Egyptians and that the Jewish religion actually derives from a heretical sect of the Egyptian religion called Atenism. Because Pharaoh Akhenaten, around 1300 BC, decided to abolish the worship of all gods, but his own god that he invented, called Aten, who was basically a form of Ra. So he replaced all of the gods with this one god, the sun disk Ra, in the form of Aten, which means sun disk. Uh, what happened is his brother, eventually he was, uh, his after he died, his sect was abolished, <clears throat> and uh, the traditional Egyptian religion was restored in Egypt. But his brother, uh, Tutmosa, it, it was the actual name, or Moses, uh, led a group of these Habiru and other defectors into northern Egypt, which we know now is Israel. And these people became followers of the Atenist sect, uh, the first monotheistic religion. Uh, that's where Judaism actually comes from. It's just a heretical sect of the Egyptian religion. And they were themselves Egyptians mixed with these Habiru who worked as mercenaries. So uh, there's no historicity to the idea of Israel as an independent country. And as a matter of fact, uh, the Israel, uh, the region inhabited by these Aten following Habiru and uh, Egyptians, was not even the same thing as Judah either. In fact, before the Second Temple period, when Cyrus the Great returned these uh, various people to Jerusalem, Jerusalem was not an Atenist city. It actually still practiced the traditional Egyptian religion, as proven by the fact that uh, King Hezekiah, his seal was discovered a couple of years ago, and it shows the Eye of Ra as a winged sun disk and an Ankh. So that means that King David as well, King David and his descendants all the way up to Hezekiah were actually Egyptians. They were not followers of Judaism. Uh, so it really makes you wonder about, I mean, because Judaism has influenced so many religions, what kind of heresies have come into those religions as a result of Judaism? Because it itself is based on this heretical sect of the Egyptian religion, Atenism which was something like, Akhenaten was like the Egyptian Lenin. He essentially tried to bring about a cultural revolution and abolish the traditional religion 
in order to seize power from the priests of Amun. So it was like that. I mean, except for that he was actually legitimate royalty. It's like if the czar himself had been a communist, basically. Uh, that's where Judaism comes from. It's not really the religion of like Abraham or David or uh, Hezekiah or even Jeremiah. Uh, it's the religion of the people from the second temple period. The religion of the uh, – because what happened is these Israelites from Shechem, the – uh, what, what, what do you want to call them? They were Habiru who converted to the Atonist religion by, uh, by Moses. <clears throat> These people were deported by the Assyrians. And then what happened is King Cyrus the Great of Persia returned them and the banished Judeans or the original Jews who were Egyptians to the same region of Jerusalem. So when they built the second temple, there was a mixture of these two different religions in that location in Jerusalem. There was the original Torah, an Egyptian Torah, uh, and the original Jews. And there were these Habiru or Israelites who believed in uh, whatever, Yahweh is what they called them, right? Yahweh, the one God. These people then wrote their own version of the Torah, and the original Torah was destroyed in a fire. So the original Torah did not talk about exterminating the Canaanites or about the Jews being the chosen people or whatever. In fact, what happened is these Israelites renamed themselves Jews and they created the idea of Jews as today. Originally, they weren't Jews. They were Israelites. At the time, before the Second Temple period, they were in the north <coughs> in a lawless region that was governed by uh, mercenaries and vassals of the Pharaoh, which we refer to as the judges or Shoftim, uh, whereas David was like the mayor of Jerusalem uh, at the time, and Jerusalem was a vassal of Egypt, it was actually a city in Egypt. So he wasn't a king of a country. Judah was just a like uh, county or something in Egypt. <clears throat> now all this stuff is proven archaeologically, so you cannot trust the so-called Old Testament, it's not actually the original Bible. It is it contains, it's, it's based on it, but it contains lots of falsifications, especially in regard to this history changed by the Jewish sect or Jewish religion, as we call it, the Yahwehist religion. Now, if you want to have an idea of what, where this, uh, what this started out as, I mean, for example, it wasn't just the Atonist religion either. It was actually a mixture of the teachings of Moses and Aten, that is Akhenaten, uh, the monotheistic religion, and the uh, the cults already practiced by the Habiru, like the cult of Baal Hamon and the cult of Asherah. And that's what it's talking about when it says in the Bible that the Baal and the Asherah were destroyed by these kings. It's because the, these things were still being practiced by these Israelites uh, from their previous origin uh, in like places like uh, what's now, what later became Carthage, or Anatolia. And uh, so Baal Hamon, for example, was uh, the Moloch to which children were sacrificed. That was uh, a Habiru version of the god Amun, but a corrupted form that demanded human sacrifice and so forth. Uh, Asherah was a corrupted version of a northern Semitic goddess that was worshipped in Lebanon and Syria. So the, uh, the, the Yahweh figure they invented based on 
an unrelated word, uh, was basically Aten mixed with like Balhamon and Deshera, called the Queen of Heaven. Uh, now they tried to later on, they were, due to various attempted reforms, they tried to erase this connection to Balhamon and Deshera, but they've actually found in Sinai. Uh, uh, Habiru or early Jewish inscriptions and uh, paintings of like uh, Yahweh and his Asherah or like these this Baal-Hamon type figure mixed with Aten and his wife. So this is really what Judaism started out as, a heretical sect of, Egypt, of the Egyptian religion. Whereas in Judah... Uh, all right, so they spoke Egyptian alongside Akkadian and the native language Canaanite. But uh, <clears throat> if you actually go back to the original interpretation of things, what we now call angels uh, in Canaanite by King David and so forth in Jeremiah were referred to as gods. And the names of these angels were originally just the Canaanite or the, Ju the Judean or Jewish in the original sense names of uh, the Egyptian gods. So, <clears throat> for example, the god Horus was called Uriel or Uriel, which means god of light. The god Apophis of chaos and evil was called uh, Rajuel or later Rag Raguel is how they spell it in translation. That was the, uh, just ju that, that angel of judgment or whatever is actually just the Jerusalem Canaanite name for the Egyptian god Apophis, which if they were speaking Egyptian, they would have called him Apep or Apophis. So these were indistinguishable, really, from the Egyptian gods, although the uh, cultural practices differed a bit. Uh, for, for example, ironically enough, it seems like the people in early Jerusalem did not, like the many Egyptians did, practice things like circumcision or the, uh, or the avoidance of certain animal sacrifices like pork, except for on certain days. That came from Egypt through Ottonism, uh, from the from upper and lower Egypt, right? So Egypt actually consisted not of just what we know as Egypt today, <clears throat> but in those days, Egypt was made up of three different regions. Upper Egypt, which is in the mountainous or higher elevation region in, in the south, lower Egypt in the north, and Canaan was actually just the name for the province of Egypt in the Levant, which, which included all of what's now Lebanon, Israel, and Palestine. Uh, <clears throat> so this, this present situation derives from no less than just a falsification of history and a fake uh, religious sect. And it's interesting to note that this fake religious sect's falsehood still has negative consequences today, this many years later. It's been like 2,500 years since they made this up. And yet it still has ramifications now. And I think the intention by the people who were behind the religion was essentially, like with many of these fake religions, it was, it's really just self-genocide. The way I see it is that the Jews are really Egyptians that are against their own real identity, against being Egyptians and therefore in this, whatever this fake cult is, kind of like how uh, the Christians in the Middle Ages and in the uh, Inquisition – killed people who were adherents of their own traditional culture, like witches. It's uh, really just self-genocide. And I'll get into Christianity later because it's also false, of course, uh, especially the Old Testament, which is just the Jewish Old Testament translated into Latin. But the it's the same thing with these, these religions are all falsified uh, and often because of the influence of Judaism, but also because of the influence of other things. 
which I can get into. But <clears throat> the main point here is that this whole thing with the state of Israel and the Jewish people is a lie. The Jews are just Egyptians that, uh, just like everybody else in Palestine and Lebanon and Egypt, uh, their genetics prove that they're descended from the ancient Egyptians uh, and are not really, are, are only slightly different because of admixture with things like some uh, Khazars and so forth. Uh, only slightly different from the other populations, but it's the same thing with, say, the Christians versus the Druze or the Muslims in Lebanon. So there's really not uh, such a thing as a Jewish people. It's like if uh, part of – well, I mean it, it, it's, it's happened elsewhere as well. But it's like if you imagine like Sicily decided it was a different race than the rest of Italy uh, and tried to create a country out of it. That's essentially what happened here because you had this uh, sect which combined a criminal caste, the Habiru, with these religious fanatics and then they decided that they're a separate – not just a separate people from the Egyptians, but somehow have like the mission of destroying the Egyptians, which is, you know, as, as it's, it's a pretty screwed up system of thinking, but it's not something we, that we only saw there. Now, <clears throat> my view of it is that this is a pattern things go through when evolution of the overall population through reincarnation and uh, spiritual evolution is low. You often see these sorts of developments where uh, a, a kind of fanatical and uh, self-destructive element of society turns itself against everybody else and tries to use whatever power it can to destroy traditional culture and destroy uh, the actual people from which they themselves derive. And I see that happen not just with the Jews uh, in Judea during the Bar Kokhba revolt, but uh, that was 135 AD, right? I think the Egyptians, from my, from my observation of the timeline, seems to me that the Egyptians were in ancient times the most evolved people in the region. And it was from Canaan or northern Egypt that most of the, the Semitic languages emerged, the Akkadians, uh, the Assyrians, Chaldeans, and so forth, all really came from northern Egypt uh, or what's now Lebanon. And that this region already had things like uh, sailboats and, uh, you know, they had a, a big shipping industry. They were pretty technologically and mathematically advanced for the time. So what I think happened here <clears throat> is the Egyptians uh, evolved before most other people in the region, except maybe the Minoans that they actually partly derived from because of the Santorini eruption. Uh, and I think what happened is that the Santorini eruption occurred and a bunch of these Minoans or Atlanteans went to Canaan, and as a result, that particular region, northern Egypt, or what's now Lebanon, Israel, and Palestine, was relatively more evolved than other places on Earth. Uh, however, the, that, that means we can, we can look at their pattern of evolution to see where other things are headed that are behind them in evolution. <clears throat> Namely, all right, so 130, you had the one, in 135 AD, you had the Bar Kokhba revolt, where the Jews went nuts, became terrorists, and started killing each other, and trying to destroy Hellenistic Judaism and so forth. It's the same thing with uh, the Inquisition in, in Europe. That shows the Inquisition in Europe happened, what, 400 years ago? This is like 1,800 years ago. So they're about 1,400 years behind the Jews in evolution on average. Uh, and what happened is you saw the exact same thing. You had the Catholic Church going around killing witches and killing heretics and essentially trying to eradicate traditional culture in Europe, traditional Celtic culture and traditional Germanic culture. Uh, <clears throat> well, 
here we are in 2017, and you can see <clears throat> that now the exact same thing is happening in Muslim countries, indicating that these countries are yet also further behind in evolution. So my perspective on it is that I think this is uh, a dangerous passageway in the evolution, in the average evolution of a people where people tend to turn into, where some degenerate sub-population uh, of your society turn into fanatics and threaten to destroy your culture and to sabotage your entire existence as a people, which is exactly what happened with <coughs> the Bar Kokhba revolt. Uh, it ended up, res it resulted in the Jews all being banished from the region and uh, also the eradication of the more moderate uh, and more, more honest Egyptian forms of Judaism or whatever you want to call it. Uh, <clears throat> although some of these who, <clears throat> for example, follow the prophet Emmanuel, as we call him Jesus, uh, became Maronite Christians in Lebanon and so forth. But uh, I think what happened there is you saw the Egyptians reached a high level of civilization relative to others. And then they, uh, then eventually they had their own version of uh, ISIS and the Taliban and that sort of thing. And that uh, pretty much brought about the downfall of their civilization. Uh, I mean, they'd already been occupied by all sorts of foreigners like the Greeks and the Romans and so forth. But it was at that point that things really... Uh, that Egypt really fell for good, that it became indistinguishable from a lot of the other places in the region. And I think what happened then is a lot of these Egyptian spirit forms or the spirits of these Egyptians migrated elsewhere like Europe because of the destruction of the Egyptian culture. But uh, so I think that a lot of the advancement in Europe also owes itself to the reincarnations of Egyptians. But the average European uh, is at a lower level of evolution than the average person of Egyptian origin, uh, including the Jews, right? So the Ashkenazi Jews are at a higher average level of evolution, which is why the average Ashkenazi Jew now is like a deist or a uh, uh, whatever, <clears throat> isn't a fanatical believer in religion anymore. However, because of their origin as the Sabiru, they have uh, like a giant mob operating inside them which is comparable to like the Irish mob or Sicilians. So the problem with the Israelis is they use these, these fake histories and myths to justify being criminals. That's basically it. I mean, <clears throat> it's, the, uh, it's the same sort of situation as you have in Italy or in Ireland or here in the U.S. as well, where you have organized crime using whatever they can as an excuse to justify their criminal desires. Uh, but for the average, you know, still the, the more the lower evolved uh, Jews uh, that believe in this nonsense, it's, uh, it's, it's a good way of keeping them on board with all this, this cr criminal activity. But the fact of the matter is, I mean, the, very, the, the whole thing derives from this false identity of Jews being somehow something other than Egyptians. In reality... There's no such thing as the Jews, uh, because the originally the word Judah meant a, like a, like a county in Egypt, <clears throat> and the uh, and then it was applied to a mixture of those people with these Israelites that uh, were partly derived from the Habiru. So <clears throat> I don't think uh, 
that it works at all in the long run because it's unfair by definition. It's the idea that you have the right to steal your fellow Egyptians' land because they belong to a different religious sect than you. That's basically it. It's really just the same thing the Catholic Church did in the Inquisition in all these colonies and so forth. So <clears throat> uh, I'll get into that in a minute here, into how false Christianity is as well. But the fact of the matter is that all these religions are are corrupted, that they don't follow the prophets anymore, and they aren't even historically accurate. I mean, Judaism, as I said, it's not the real history anymore. The Torah is falsified, and it's falsified specifically to make it seem like the Jews aren't Egyptians or, and aren't Canaanites when they actually are. In fact, the Hebrew language, as we call it, is actually just the Canaanite language. It's indistinguishable from the language of like Tyre or Byblos. So the, there's no such thing as a Jewish, as a Hebrew language at all. It's just Canaanite. There's no such thing as uh, a Jewish person either. I mean, there's a Jewish religion, like, but if you're somebody of Jewish extraction who does not believe in Judaism, then you're just an Egyptian. You aren't, there's no such thing as being a Jew by blood. It doesn't make any sense. There's such a thing as being an Egyptian by blood, but there's no such thing as being a Jew by blood any more than there is such a thing as being a Mormon by blood. But uh, <clears throat> they invented all this uh, delusional stuff and even almost like fanatically racist ideas about Jewish blood and Jewish holiness and so forth. And, and all that stuff is also just a corruption of the idea that the Egyptians of the time, because they were at a higher level of evolution than most other people in the region except the Sumerians, uh, <clears throat> or the descendants of the Sumerians, the idea that they were like a chosen people to go out and spread civilization. So things like the Chaldeans, the Akkadians, right? It's not related to the Jewish religion. They're just one of the many groups that arose from this region of northern Egypt from which the Semitic languages came. <clears throat> so it's all just fantasy, really, and it's not, it's dangerous. Uh, as I see it, it looks to me like you know, there's a lot of smart Jews because of the Egyptian level of evolution, but the it's not doing them any good because they have too much material intellectual ability and not enough moral uh, ability, not enough, uh, <clears throat> and they have a false, a, a totally false affiliation and worldview. Like, there's no such thing as Israel to begin with. There's no such thing as the Jew to begin with. It's just invented. I mean, the original, I mean, the idea, of course, developed over time from various things. Like, first you had this province of Judah, or really it wasn't even a province. It was just a county in the province of Canaan. <clears throat> then you had uh, the uh, Romans calling the region Judea. So then it meant an inhabitant of Judea, whether member of the Pharisee sect or the Sadducee sect or the Christians or whatever. So they were all Jews, right, They, in the sense that they belonged to the province of Judea. Uh, so that means that if you're going to use that term, then the Maronite Christians in Lebanon are also Jews because they're also descended from people from the province of Judea. But, uh, you know, it's it's all very uh, confused. Then we, we developed this idea, really, in modern terms, it means a descendant of the Bar Kokhba sect that was kicked out of the region by Emperor Hadrian. And uh, I think over time, they kind of mellowed out because of evolution. Right? As evolution progressed, the Jews became less fanatical, at least in Europe. In the Middle East, they kind of lagged behind and still have more of that mentality. <clears throat> but they progressed out of it. And by the time they got out of the mentality of being inquisitors, 
uh, in like the sixth in like the seventeenth century or so. Then the Catholic Church took over and they became the new Bar Kokhba and started killing Jews and witches. <clears throat> so it's the same thing happening right now, you know. Christians are finally getting out of that. And what's happening is Muslims are now becoming the new Bar Kokhba, the new inquisitors, because the revolution is yet further behind on average. Um, in a situation like this, you know, you should try to mitigate the consequences of this evolutionary level. Uh, where you tend toward fanaticism and, and this paranoid idea of like black and white, good and bad, and the need to kill and torture people in order to do God's will or whatever. That's all. But it's all stuff we've seen before. And I'm saying we have lots of historical precedent for understanding it. Because as I said, the Jews did it first. Then they got out of that state of mind on average. And then the Christians did it. And now it's the Muslims. <coughs> now, as for Christianity, I mean... A lot of it has to do not – I mean just the reason why this happens in such a bad way, it's not a natural evolutionary progress. It's what happens when you combine low evolution with heresy. So the Jews had lots of false teachings and heresy in their religion as I said. Uh, it was based on a heresy against the Egyptian religion and had lots of um, evil teachings in it. <coughs> um, same thing with Christianity. Christianity started out as, the, as Emmanuel. Uh, in Judea, who, but, but let's just, let's, let's look at the basic uh, ideas behind his philosophy compared to Christianity. So he was a Stoic, basically. He believed in living at all costs, that you should try to, that life is worth living no matter what amount of suffering is required to be endured, and that you should only, and that you shouldn't uh, hate things that are bearable, that you should uh, just tolerate things that are bearable. That's what turning the other cheek is about. That's what him being crucified is about. <clears throat> it's about him being able to endure that suffering and still survive. They invented the idea that he resurrected from the dead or whatever, but he actually just literally survived the crucifixion despite the fact that he should have died. He went into a state of like uh, deep meditation and unconsciousness, but he eventually came back, uh, came to, and he was actually still alive the whole time. So the point of the crucifixion, I think, is that Emmanuel or Jesus was actually showing us that we can endure any amount of suffering and life is still worth living. Life is still worth surviving that suffering for. Uh, that's stoicism, right? Stoicism is the idea that suffering is transient and that you have to overcome it for the greater good. Um, now, Christianity, as taught by the Roman Catholic Church, teaches that it's all about his sacrifice for us to absolve us of our own responsibility and take away our sins. So that gives you an idea right there of how much how much distortion the Catholic Church performed on the teachings of Jesus, that they turned this example to us of somebody being a survivor and living life for its own sake against all odds and against uh, and at all costs. <clears throat> they turned that into this cult of absolving your own responsibility and wallowing in suffering and craving death in the afterlife, which is not at all what Jesus was showing us or teaching. It's the exact opposite. He was showing us that we have to live and stay physically and materially alive for as long as possible uh, and that that is worth it regardless of how much suffering is involved and that suffering is just a temporary thing that you can overcome. So. He was a Stoic, right? Same thing with John the Baptist. They were Stoics. 
they were, I mean, the whole region was influenced by Hellenistic philosophy at the time. They were not uh, Christians. So Jesus was not a Christian, right? Let's just get that straight. He was a Stoic. Uh, of course, he had lots of spiritual teachings on top of the usual Stoicism, but I think John the Baptist himself actually was a Stoic in that he taught Jesus his philosophy and that Jesus himself was a combination of a Stoic and a prophet in the line of like Jeremiah and so forth. <clears throat> now these prophets, however, you think about it, if monotheism was a heresy, these prophets did not teach monotheism. They taught the one creation, the universal consciousness and the absolute reality. They didn't call that a god though. They called it creation. Uh, or, or the creator or creating. They, it, it means the thing that is the universal consciousness that creates the laws of nature, that creates logic, and that is responsible for the universal love and so forth. It's not a god. A god, originally, as I said, means what we now call an angel, uh, as proven by the names of all these angels that mean something or other god. Like Raphael means healer god, right? Gabriel means mighty God. It, it's not the. It's uh, <coughs> it's it, it's it's just been distorted because of Judaism, which took its philosophy of monotheism from the heresy of Aten, and that itself, what that represents is actually a violation of the first commandment. Because before Moses changed these commandments, the original meaning of that was not to make an image or a god or a representation of creation because creation is not reducible to a part of itself. It's only a whole. So you can't reduce creation to something like a god or a sun disk or, or a statue or whatever. But the thing is that a god itself is a mythological figure to represent what you might call an angel. Uh, of course, there are false gods as well that fail to represent these things honestly like Baal Hamon and so forth. But these are, you know, these are what they call apgata or like uh, false gods. So the actual meaning of a god like Horus or Thor or whatever is just a primitive mythological representation of the reality of things that we call angels. Uh, and that's what the word ale actually meant, was a, what we call an angel now <coughs> or a spiritual being. Uh, and the, also the idea of Satan and the devil is made up uh, in the Catholic form. The original meaning of like Satan or, or whatever is not somebody that's against God or rebelled against creation. It's just an angel responsible for judging and testing us, as you can see in the book of Job. The whole idea of an, a, a, an evil figure is made up. The original form is Rajuel, or the, the god of evil which means that he's responsible for managing and controlling the evil that we critique, that we produce ourselves. So that's the Egyptian god Apophis, for example, or the Germanic god Loki. It's not, uh, and as I said, these gods, that's something else these religions have taught, is that these gods are all just pagan inventions or demons or something. In reality, uh, the gods of any of these cultures are either actually angels or they are made up like distortions of the angels. So... Things like the witches, for example, the thing that they call the devil, uh, the horned god of the Celts, was just their version, their interpretation of Raphael, the god of healing or the angel of healing. Uh, so that's that's how that's, that gives you an idea of how distorted these religions are for political reasons. They wanted us to think that the 
traditional Celts and Germans and so forth were all, and, and whoever else were all just a bunch of heathens worshiping the devil. Well, there isn't just, there isn't even such a thing as the devil. There's just an angel of judgment or angel of, you know, testing and, and, and whatever. Uh, there's no, there's no, there's no, there's nothing at that level of existence of spiritual existence that is actually itself evil, even if it has the job of controlling evil. And that's the actual teaching about this, but it's all been distorted by the Catholic church for political reasons. And the reason why they did this is because they saw the witches, the Celts as a threat to their hegemony over all people, because the Celts, uh, their Celtic uh, witchcraft or whatever their, their religion of, of the witches was uh, syncretized with Christianity and was a popular religion that uh, helped that gave a, an outlet to the peasants to get out of the total control of the Catholic Church and their lords. That's really it. Uh, as for the Jews, the reason why they persecuted the Jews is because it's not because of usury or crime or whatever, because they do the same things themselves. It can't be because of them being criminals or usurers, although, of course, they were. Uh, a lot of them were because of the Jewish mob. But uh, <clears throat> it had to do with, again, uh, religious teachings that they saw as a threat to their own hegemony. That's really it. Um, that's why they forced a bunch of them to convert to Catholicism in Spain and Portugal. So these, the Christian religion, you see... Then you had these uh, these sects of Christianity that tried to break off the Roman Catholic Church, but it's still a failure because it's still based on Catholic doctrines and not on the teachings and life of Jesus or Emmanuel. Uh, it's still based on their overall creed, <clears throat> this idea of like him being a human sacrifice for your sins and so forth, instead of what he actually was, which is an example of stoical resolve. Uh, the uh, so so you know Lutheranism or whatever Protestantism is all also heresy because it's all based on the Catholic Church. So that's the unfortunate reality. You know you you can't just go with any of these Christian sects because the whole thing. I mean, really, if you consider that Emmanuel is what you call Christ, then that means that that uh, well, if an anti something is something that inverts it or turns it into its opposite. Let's just say Christ or Emmanuel was all about life and living and surviving. Their cult is all about death and giving up and absolution and the afterlife. So it's the Antichrist. In other words, it's against the actual Christ. Uh, Christianity, ironically enough, itself, because it's all based on the Catholic Church, is the Antichrist. And I think some people got this at some point, but they ended up just following into the exact same pattern. They, they, they fell into the exact same pattern uh, over and over again, either out of greed for power or out of just basing too much of their ideas on the Catholic Church. But that's how I see it. I think that Judaism is <clears throat> really just a syncretic religion of the heresy of Ottonism mixed with the uh, heathen gods, Baal Hamon and Asherah. And Christianity is just a wanton distortion of the teachings of Emmanuel uh, that erases all the stoical connections, that erases the entire basic philosophy of it, so you don't, it doesn't mean anything anymore. Uh, the, uh, something else I wanted to mention here is that, uh, I mean, you, you had these, uh, what, these, these, the Jewish religion based on, oh yes, that's what I wanted to say, the Egyptians, right, the reason why there isn't a depiction of creation or the, what we now call God with a capital G, uh, 
is because they didn't believe in depicting the creation. The creation was invisible and universal. So they only depicted the angels, which they called gods. They didn't depict creation. Same thing with most other cultures. Like in India, for example, they had a bunch of different gods, which similarly were either actual representations of angels <clears throat> or were uh, like heathen distortions of these in their imagination as a mythological figure. But then the actual God, as we call it with a capital G, uh, is represented by the syllable Om, right? So that's, uh, that's the, how they, what they call it, Om. They don't represent it with anything else than that word. Uh, sometimes it's equated with a God as well, like Brahman or whatever, but the uh, actual original teaching is that the creation is just that syllable Om. Same thing with e Egypt and the Celts and so forth. They all actually believed in what we now call God, the universal creator, but they didn't depict it. They, well, they didn't call it a God. They called it, it was something that was above a God. Because to them, the word God meant what we call an angel now. And we're very confused about this now because of these teachings of these political religions that wanted us to think that all of our traditional cultures are just totally lost and evil when it's not the case. I mean, the witches, for example, were not a bunch of Satan worshipers or what they say. They were just, they were actually in many respects better than the Catholics. They were a lot nicer people, friendlier people. They were more in touch with the laws of nature and with synchronicity and spirituality. And a lot of them were actually even Christians. It was just syncretized with Christianity. The traditional Celtic religion was mixed with Christianity because in many respects it, it agreed. I mean, I'm pretty sure they were even aware of the idea that something like a like Raphael was the same thing as their Kerenunos or whatever you want to call it, the horned god. So <clears throat> you see, what this is is the people, what this all represents overall is the people are always in a struggle against false powers that are trying to erase their traditions, their culture, their identity, their uh, inner self, and their selfhood in general. It's happening now too with this diversity and feminism and so forth, which is also all against the true self and against your true identity and your true tendency of feeling. So, you know, you can have two kinds of belief. There's a good kind of belief and there's a bad kind. The good kind of belief is to have a belief based on your inner feeling and the bad kind is to have a belief based on forcing yourself to think a certain way. So, so I call it the belief of feeling and the belief of thinking. And, you know, Muhammad as well used a term like this. He called it uh, iman, which means to the belief of feeling, whereas, or faith as, as, they, as you might call it, whereas he referred to the belief of thinking as uh, related to a word meaning to, to think somebody's telling the truth, or even a word meaning to cover up the truth, uh, which is what they now use to mean an infidel or kafir. That, uh, the thing is, Muhammad also taught the exact same thing as Emmanuel. He was not a monotheist, like they claim. He didn't teach a lot, all this stuff derived from Judaism that they see, that they have in Sunnism and Shiism. He taught, uh, he used two different words for two different things. <clears throat> so when they talk about Allah, that means the, the gods as one collective or the uh, arahat atersata, as I've said. It means the angels, basically, as they now falsely call them, uh, and not the creation. The creation he called Al-Khalik. So that was the uh, actual god, as we call it with a capital G, 
And his cousin Ali just got the two mixed up because he was influenced by Christianity. So he ended up inventing this idea that there was <clears throat> just one God, which is a lie. You know, God is a, the gods are a collective of a bunch of different functions that work together because they're all part of one collective. But it's a spiritual level that is not to be equated with the creation, which is the actual ultimate thing that can't be compared to anything else. So <clears throat> the uh, so it's also false. You know, Islam is also corrupted. The original words that Muhammad used were iman, which means the belief of feeling or the faith based on true love, the feeling that things are real and that uh, you have a respect for what things actually are objectively. The, and the feeling of love of your true self, right? So being honest, basically. Uh, that's called a mu'min or a, uh, a, a, what they now call a believer, but it really means somebody who has faith and true love and in the truth. The, the word he used, Muslim, which now means a member of the religion, <clears throat> actually means somebody who has surrendered or sworn fealty to Allah, as they call it, which means literally you've surrendered in the war against the gods. Uh, and that is literally what's going on. I mean, it sounds strange to modern ears, but literally right now there is a war going on between mankind and the gods where the gods are always going to win because mankind is disobeying the laws of nature. And the gods don't just wage an all-out war per se, but they warn us many times first. But eventually they exterminate people who are a threat to the universe and to nature and evolution and the truth. So that's, for example, what happened, uh, like I said, September 11th, 2015, a giant hammer crushed a bunch of pilgrims in Mecca on the 14th year anniversary of the September 11th attacks. And that was and killed exactly 111 people. So that was essentially representative, representative of what we call Thor or Horus with his giant hammer, uh, with that crane collapse. And, uh, and then there was the pilgrimage where in Medina where a bunch of people were killed in a stampede and they were on their way to throw rocks at a uh, wall that represents the, the shaitan or Satan. But Satan, you know, as I said, is a made up concept as well. It's confused. Again, they falsified the Quran and the teachings of Muhammad in this regard clearly because Satan is a concept invented by the Catholic Church uh, in order to demonize other cultures. So Satan, again, really just means the angel of judgment. It doesn't mean an evil figure that tries to deceive you. It means like the angel at the left hand of God or something like that that, uh, that decides whether or not you are fit to live. Uh, so it's when you're throwing rocks at Satan, you're essentially just provoking the judgment of God, if you might call it that. And same thing, and then the judgment of God comes in things like the uh, Mjolnir or Hammer of Thor. And I'm, I'm saying you have to look at behind the superficial images and cultures because all these things are the same thing. You know, <clears throat> there is a weather god like Thor uh, or, or Thunder in practically all the major traditional ancient religions all over the world. Like over here in Arizona, they have one, uh, the Hopi have one called Eototo, which is the uh, god of like weather and rain and so forth. He's just exactly like Thor. Then you have Hadad over in uh, ancient Lebanon, also the same thing, a god of thunder and lightning with a hammer. Same thing with, uh, of course, Thor himself. And then you have Horus, the god of the sky in Egypt. Then in, in Judah, you had Uriel, 
the angel or god of light and the sky and thunder. So it's the it's because there's a real thing that does this. There is actually a real Thor, and this is these gods, right? A god technically isn't the angel or a creature or the spiritual intelligence itself. It is just our mythological representation of it. So it's something we can't totally comprehend. So we represent so we represent the god as a god. We, we represent it as a what is a an imaginary like character with these attributes that we observe in its behavior. But the spiritual intelligence is actually real, and the god is our representation of it. So the god, of course, can fail to be totally representative or to be accurate, but the, the intelligence is real. There is such a thing as Thor or Uriel, and you can observe it yourself in these bizarre coincidences and uh, weather patterns and so forth. So <clears throat> there is a spiritual intelligence that controls things like uh, rainstorms, thunder, and lightning, uh, coincidences and synchronicities and the uh, and earthquakes as well, all controlled by the same intelligence which coordinates all these things together. Uh, the hour's starting to run out here, but maybe I'll talk about some later about the earthquake in Nepal, which likewise had tons of symbolism to it. Um, again, controlled essentially by what you might call Thor. So you see, the, the, these religions have told us to abandon our true self which is our own traditional culture, whether it's Germanic or Celtic or Native American or Egyptian or whatever, and then to become part of their loveless cult that is self-genocidal against your own people. If you're a Celt or a German, you know, you should not give up your traditional culture and reject it as being demonic or whatever because it just isn't. It's natural. It's just a different uh, primitive interpretation of the same stuff the prophets were talking about in ancient Egypt uh, like Jeremiah and Elijah and so forth, or Jesus or, or Mohammed in Saudi Arabia. It's the same thing exactly uh, all around the world because the truth does not vary. The truth is the same for everyone. So you should not hate your own people and you should not become like the Jews are where they're self-genocidal and hate their own Egyptianness. Uh, that's what's happened with Europeans, however, uh, in, in a progress toward self-destruction where they started out as Christian fanatics killing off their own cultures and now they're uh, diversity and multiculturalism fanatics who are even against their own genetics. So all that is very evil. It's not what the actual will of God is for you. You should be in touch with your own actual identity and your own self because that self is representative of the spirit and that spirit itself is creation or the actual God. So these religions are all dangerous and heretical. They are not your friends and their offspring, the secular cults like Jim Jones and feminism and so forth, they're even worse. It's the final result of all of this. <clears throat> so that's my message about these religions is that I see what's going on in Israel right now as just being a consequence of many, many centuries and millennia of heresy and lies and false history and manipulation. Uh, essentially, they've tried to erase ancient Egypt and to replace it with Judaism because now all these Egyptians in Europe think that they're whatever Jews and they forget about the entire Egyptian tradition. Just like what happened with the Celts in Ireland. You know, they all think they're Catholics now when for thousands of years they were Celts. 
be back in a few minutes here to talk about this some more. This is The True World with Matthew Deagle. Thank you for listening. from the furthest reaches of space and time, across the dimensions, through the elements, and in harmony with the colors of the universe. Through her mastery of abstract stream-of-consciousness malapropisms, she weaves a web of comic, satiric, cosmic conversation. Her subjects can range from Norman, the goose next door, to astrology and earth changes, and into the deep recesses of the soul matrix. She holds a wealth of knowledge on herbs, plants, and astrology. Join Mona and her guests on Adventures of a Feral Hippie as she touches the earthly radio waves five days a week at 2 p.m. Monday to Friday on Studio B at Revolution Radio. Transcending time and space, let us take you to the place inside your mind where thoughts divide and mysteries unwind. Join us every Monday evening right here on Revolution Radio at freedomslips.com from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time. And you will catch the Fenton Perspective with our great host, Lorian Fenton. Come listen in as she shares her amazing stories from the past to present, along with all of her guest secrets to the future. That's the Fenton Perspective every Monday evening right here from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time, only on Revolution Radio. Oh, and uh, you don't need to expect us. We're already here. Where do we come from? Are you curious about the origins of the human race? Join me, Gavin McCall, and a variety of guests on Ancient Humans, where we decipher world events, explore scientific theories, personal stories, myths, mysteries, and lore about the history of the human race. Hi. 
Hi everybody, it's me, the Fetch, host of Inside the Eye Live. Before the Sunday mainstream media political pundit talk shows, there is Inside the Eye Live, where we break down some of the weekly mainstream media talking points before the talking points even get aired. Add in some entertaining stories, weather, cats, intriguing and informative guests, and you get one of the most listened to Saturday morning streaming media political talk shows going today. And it's all right here on our flagship station, Revolution Radio at freedomslips.com. So join me, The Fetch, for Inside the Eye Live every Saturday morning at 10 o'clock a.m. Eastern. It is truly intelligent media for the politically aware. The opinions expressed on this radio station, its programs, and its website by the hosts, guests, and call-in listeners or chatters are solely the opinions of the original source who expressed them. They do not necessarily represent the opinions of Revolution Radio and FreedomSlips.com, its staff, or affiliates. You're listening to Revolution Radio, FreedomSlips.com, 100% listener-supported radio, and now we return you to your host... Welcome back to The True World with Matthew Deagle. I'm your host, Matthew Deagle. I'm here to discuss the uh, world events in terms of their sociological, their psychological, collective, cultural, genetic, and religious influences. And I've been talking about the falsehood of these religious sects and how they try to get you to abandon and hate your true self and your identity as a culture, as a race, as a people, and as an individual uh, by convincing you that your traditional culture is somehow divorced from the creation or God, that it's somehow satanic, when in reality it's just a your own particular cultural interpretation of what we call the angels, which are not just some belief, right? They're a reality. The gods is the traditional word for it. And what we call uh, Uriel uh, in Christian culture is what they call Thor in Germanic culture, and it's what they called Hadad in uh, ancient Lebanon. And it's what they called Horus in ancient Egypt. It's the exact same thing. It's an actual spiritual intelligence, <clears throat> which we mythologized, which controls the weather, earthquakes, uh, so thunder and lightning, and uh, it also controls synchronicities and plans and calendarizes all these events that we see in the world all over the place. Uh, in particular, as I said, there was that hammering of pilgrims in Mecca. Another example is the well, okay, so any calendar any calendar we invent whatsoever is going to be taken up by this intelligence, which we call the angel Uriel, and it's going to control these events by scheduling them according to the symbolism of those dates. So, for example, the giant earthquake on 25th of April 2015 in Kathmandu, Nepal, the largest earthquake they had in 80 years there, <clears throat> that earthquake... Which, called, which caused a tower to collapse, the Darahara Tower uh, in Kathmandu, uh, which is also highly symbolic, the blasting or destruction of the tower, which Uriel also, in conjunction with Rajuel, or, the, or Apophis, did on September 11th, 2001, 14 years before the attack, I suppose you could say, in Mecca. Uh, that earthquake in Kathmandu, Nepal, uh, was 
scheduled to occur on a date, 25th of April, 2015, which on the Gregorian calendar is St. Mark's feast day, St. Mark being the lion and one of the apostles, and the uh, and also on the Julian calendar, it was Easter. So Easter is the day of resurrection from the dead. Uh, this is This represents the uh, destruction of the age of Pisces and the rise of the age of Aquarius. Uh, this event, I mean, the chances that this largest earthquake in their 80 in 80 years of their history would occur on this specific date, significant to a calendar using Christianity in the Western and Eastern Christian churches is pretty strange, I think. And the, uh, <clears throat> this earthquake, uh, also triggered a tsunami on Mount Everest, or some tsunami, an avalanche on Mount Everest, that uh, killed 17 people. You'll also recall that earthquake and tsunami in Fukushima in Japan, the Sendai earthquake, uh, on, in March of 2011. These things are all connected symbolically. These are the big events, right? These natural disasters. As I said, the last program I discussed how the worst hurricane season of all time occurred just this, this uh, last fall. And happened in conjunction with events involving things like mass shootings, which were symbolically connected to it, like the shooting in Las Vegas, which was a warning to us about the sensitivity of nature symbolized as a frog, <clears throat> which we are harming. And strangely enough, at the same time, the, that the that nature is rebelling against us as a frog that has been abused by our pollution – uh, there's also the alt-right movement, this neo-Nazi tendency, which is also symbolized by a frog or Pepe. Uh, this means, I think, that our abuse of our nature in the sense of cultures and peoples and nationalities, our repression of nationalism is resulting likewise in a blowback from nature in the form of increasing nationalism. Uh, the frog, which means sensitivity, <clears throat> because the frog breathes through his skin uh, and therefore is one of the first things to be affected by pollution. We have a polluted culture in that we are now uh, ideologically against nationalism, but nationalism is the self. So yourself and your love of yourself is reflected in your love of your own people and your own race. And if you don't, uh, or if that is somehow repressed, or interfered with, it results in hatred, inevitably, just like uh, analogous to what's happening with nature. <clears throat> we continue to, to allow climate change to progress unabated. We continue to allow overpopulation to progress unabated, and nature responds to that in turn. We also continue to, do, to allow this uh, mass immigration and multiculturalization to progress, which results in increasing uh, kind of an immune reaction by the people against it in the form of increasing hatred of foreigners and a tendency toward fascism. That's exactly the same thing. And what this is, is Uriel is warning us about all of this by timing these events symbolically to show us the overall pattern of how things are unfolding as a consequence of our own actions. <clears throat> uh, now, this earthquake didn't cause much damage, but it also, in this particular area, but it also, inf it also shook Lumbini, <clears throat> the birthplace of Buddha, which happens to be UNESCO Heritage Site 666. Uh, I'm not kidding. It's actually the number 666. 
uh, on this on St. Mark's Day and Easter at the same time. So it combines St. Mark, Easter, or the resurrection, and Buddha all together in this one event. Uh, I mean, something else that happened around the same time, about a year before, was all this stuff going on in Crimea, and there were tons of bizarre coincidences related to the Trojan War that, at that time. For example, I was in Portland, Oregon, and there was a guy who was uh, whose surname was Svoboda, the name of the of, of, of a uh, right-wing party in Ukraine, and he was shot by a police officer uh, just outside of uh, Woodrow Wilson High School, which is called the home of the Trojans. You can see the banner behind him uh, in, in the news articles. <clears throat> and many other Trojan-related symbols occurred at the time. There was a man named Troy LaFerrara who was killed by what's called the Craigslist killer, Miranda Barber. Uh, among others. So uh, all these evil events, as I said, Rajuel or Apophis, he's not he's not responsible for the evil himself. He just controls it in conjunction with Uriel to cause uh, a meaningful communication to come about and also to mitigate it by warning us about the overall tendency of the evil. And the tendency then was toward World War III because of the events in Crimea and uh, toward a Trojan horsing of the Europeans in particular by things like these Pakistanis and their Islamist foot soldiers, if you might want to call them that. Uh, really, I think that World War III essentially began as a Cold War in 2014, and it's just going to continue growing toward a hot war from now on until the, like the mid to late 2030s, at the earliest 2028 and at the latest 2041. And that if we don't uh, try to forge peace before then, <clears throat> the war will become hot between Russia and Europe. So this has to be mitigated or else. And this is all a warning to us, controlled by these intelligences. So you have to look, you have to obey or heed the voice of these spirits, uh, which communicate as a rule, not through language, but through symbols and through coincidences. For some reason or other, they don't normally communicate through words. Uh, I suppose it's because it doesn't contain enough information or something. But <clears throat> their language is all symbolic. It's all mute, you might say. And uh, happens all the time, however. Uh, you always see these, you know, these symbols. <clears throat> now, something else I wanted to mention is that I was talking about the fake religions, right? About how Judaism is all based on a heresy from ancient Egypt. Uh, mixed with this false identity of the Habiru as being somehow separate from Egypt. Uh, Christianity is based on a heretical falsification of the teaching of Emmanuel, where they took away all the stoical elements and made it into a cult of absolution. Uh, and Islam is falsified from Muhammad's teaching by combining it with the influences of Judaism. And the uh, same thing with like uh, another example. I was talking about these different sects that tried to break away from the Roman Catholic Church and even called it the Antichrist and so forth, <clears throat> like Martin Luther. But they ended up uh, still following most of the same doctrines as the Catholic Church, so it had no effect in the long run. Uh, like right now, Lutherans are the ones who are housing a bunch of refugees in their churches in Germany against the wishes of the government who wants to deport them. Uh, same thing with Mormonism. You have like Joseph Smith falsifying the – see, what actually happened with Joseph Smith is that uh, there were some shorter books 
<clears throat> that were somehow discovered or uncovered by Oliver Cowdery, his friend. And he, uh, Joseph Smith, took these and expanded upon them by adding all sorts of falsifications and fantasy and, science, and plagiarizing science fiction and stuff like that. And so that's where it all comes from. Is Joseph Smith essentially just fabricating it uh, by ripping off Oliver Cowdery. The actual story of what happened is that this guy from not not the time of King Zed, uh, Zedekiah, but actually the Bar Kokhba revolt in uh, Judea was transported by somebody from the that region all the way to Arizona, where the Hopi Indians are located, where they still have a record of it, as they call it, the Pahana. So there's no uh, uh, the other parts of it where it talks about Jesus in the uh, New World. It's all it's it's falsification from the actual history of Quetzalcoatl, who was a, I suppose a similar figure to Jesus. He taught the same sort of things, and was also stoical, by the way. And so all that Catholic type stuff about salvation is just again him just make Christianizing the uh, the old record of Quetzalcoatl, who's the the one who told them to stop sacrificing and so forth. The so I mean and then again heresy again because the Aztecs were therefore heretics against Quetzalcoatl, uh, whereas the Hopi are more true to the original teachings. Uh, and I mean again Mormonism is the same thing. It's just another falsification and heretical religion, uh, full of all sorts of heresy and and just commonship really. I mean like uh, invent something else you always see. Like I said <clears throat> last program. I discussed how the forbidden fruit is from the tree of knowledge or generation of good and evil. Uh, literally, that means it is the, the forbidden fruit is the fruit of false morality or false right and wrong, hypocritical morality. Things like the Mormons uh, avoiding coffee, for example, or the Muslims thinking that uh, – you know, drinking a glass of wine is is against is haram, even though Muhammad has recorded himself to have drunk wine, which they call nabith. So he's recorded to have drunk wine himself, and they think that wine is haram somehow. Uh, same thing with the pork prohibition that derives from Judaism. <clears throat> That's just hypocrisy. And as a rule, wherever you see hypocrisy, that as I said, it's called hypocrisy for a reason because it covers up worse sins by distracting from them. So you go to Saudi Arabia, they're actually all drinking themselves. There's tons of homosexuality and organized crime. And of course, there's lots of violence and theft and robbery and stuff going on throughout the entire Muslim world. Uh, so that's what, that, that's what it is. It's the forbidden fruit. It's where you take the natural good, right and wrong or the true good and evil which are based on survival and true love, and you replace it with some BS judgment of right and wrong, uh, which is totally based only on extrinsic and humane artificial ideas. So, you know, things like uh, political correctness as well. It's also the forbidden fruit. And all these religions, therefore, are all false. I mean, you can tell this from Mormonism as well because it's changed its doctrines for no reason, like... Polygamy used to be standard in Mormonism, and now you can be excommunicated for being a polygamist. And it's all just politics. You know, it's just, it's the Catholic Church. Not to mention, I mean, the involvement of Freemasons and all that, It's uh, who also killed Joseph Smith. So I think all these, uh, all these religions, as a rule, all of them are fake. None of them are the original one. Uh, 
and they all were opportunistically taking something that was true and turning it into something false in order to become more powerful. The Catholic Church is a prime example. Massive hypocrites condoned brothels, but condemned like masturbation. I mean, uh, ran casinos, uh, attacked the Jews for being usurers, and then ran their own usurious banks at the same time. Uh, were mass murderers of beyond compare. I mean, the only thing that compares to the Catholic Church's mass murders is maybe the communists. So in all our history, the, the worst mass murderers of all time have been the communists and the Catholic Church. And uh, that tells you something about both of them, really. But uh, that's the problem with Christianity, is it's all based on the Catholic Church, because any of the other sects of Christianity, like Stoicism or whatever, no matter if they were true or false, were indiscriminately persecuted by the Catholic Church and eliminated. Uh, so none of these religions is true anymore. And you might have more, like, truer versions of it, like maybe Sufism and Islam or uh, some esoteric interpretations of Christianity, but it's, it's all still false because it's all based on the doctrines of the false church. And what the word for that is, <clears throat> the number for it is 666. Which means it's against logic. It means the anti-logos or the absolutely false and deadly, the inversion of the truth. <clears throat> and indeed, Catholic Church is an antichrist, therefore, because they are inverting the teaching of Emmanuel. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. I, I I think you can look at them all as antichrists in a different sense. Catholic Church is an antichrist because they took the teaching of Stoicism and turned it into a teaching of like wallowing in misery and waiting for salvation. And then they, uh, which is the inverse, it's death instead of life. Then the uh, Jews are an antichrist because they, of course, actually crucified Emmanuel and turned and blasphemed him and slandered him. And then the uh, Muslims, the Saudis are, are antichrist because they literally are plotting to mass murder Christians. So... I guess they're all 666, really, just in different ways. And it's that shows you how you have these false teachings first, then you have uh, some kind of evolutionary bottleneck that goes on because of the pressures created by these falsehoods and the stagnation induced by these fake teachings. And you get stuff like Shimon Bar Kokhba uh, and the Inquisition and then now whatever the hell is going on and Afghanistan and ISIS, <clears throat> which is very similar to what happened in the Inquisition. I mean, people are being real hypocrites if they try to create a dichotomy between a Christian and a Muslim world as if the Christians were better. I mean, the Christians are just more evolved now, but back 400 years ago, they were identical to ISIS. They had the same sort of tortures and everything. They did things like they took a they took witches as young as like 13 years old, just these Celtic women, and tortured them to death, raped them before they killed them, set them on fire, all sorts of stuff, just like ISIS. So, <clears throat> or like the Ayatollah in Iran, same thing. So they're all evil. And uh, the only difference between, say, Judaism and Christianity or Christianity and Islam is that the Jews uh, went through this first, then the Christians, and now the Muslims. So it's just varying levels of, I guess, overall average maturity as a civilization. 
And yeah, I do think that on average the Jews are a little more evolved because they went through this earlier. But the problem with the Jews, the reason why they're so notorious is because they still have and have done little to stop the massive organized crime among their people, the Jewish mob. So it's like Ireland. You know, they have a huge mob that the government doesn't cannot control or doesn't even try. And they get a bad reputation for that, pretty much. And also, a lot of them are really naive still. I mean, they might be more evolved than they were back when they were religious fanatics, but they're still thinking in a materialistic and intellectual way and believe in all sorts of new BS now, like, like uh, Zionism. Uh, and that serves to help these uh, mass-murdering mobsters to make their profits. They were able to turn... Gaza into a criminal hellhole and to rob land in the West Bank and build illegal constructions there. It's just the same stuff the mafia does anywhere. So that's what that's that's what's going on with Israel and the Jews is the Jewish mob. And the Jews don't even talk about the Jewish mob because they have a culture of silence about any crimes that other Jews commit, just like Sicily. So the problem with the Jews is a criminal culture. It's the religion is like, there's still a few fanatics, but it's a minority. I'd say it's like 5%. Most Jews are like deists or something like that at this point. But the uh, Muslims, on the other hand, are still in the Inquisition. So they have a different motive, right? They're literally motive, motivated partly by fanaticism. But the big problem in both cases is organized crime. As I've said before, Saudi Arabia is criminal. Afghanistan's criminal. <clears throat> so just like Sicily or Ireland, uh, and the religion is just a cover for the crimes, for the most part, right? Then you have a sincere subset of the population who are actually fanatics, but you don't know what their full motives are anyway. They have dual motives, motives of greed and sadism combined with religious fanaticism and excuses, but, uh, that was the same thing with the Catholic Church, of course. Their actual motive for persecuting witches and Jews and so forth was just political hegemony and uh, oppressing the peasant class. That's pretty much it. I mean, the, for, for instance, with the Jews, they tolerated the, the Jews in Poland who had slaves, but they persecuted the Kabbalistic Jews in Spain. So they persecuted the Jews who were tending more toward a religious influence that threatened their hegemony and they tolerated the ones who were gangsters <laughs> that shows you their mentality right there they weren't threatened by gangsters but they were threatened by these uh hold on one second here <clears throat> yeah sorry i just got a package delivered for some reason in the middle of my show but uh they weren't threatened by these gangsters so much as they were threatened by Kabbalists with their religious teachings that somehow came into conflict with the Catholic heresies. So I think what that was, was just stuff like you can do, you can uh, calculate for yourself. Like that their supposed uh, name for Emmanuel, they, they say he was named Yeshua, is uh, false because it adds to 666 in Kabbalah. <clears throat> so same thing with their term for they're even their term Jesus, you know, Jesus Christus uh, is a 666 term as well. It's not the original name of the prophet, which was Emmanuel. And the reason why is because it embodies their evil cult and is not the real 
original value of the name. Now, mutated, of course, in different languages, but in Latin, there's no doubt in my mind that it's 666, just like so much else. So they created this kind of doppelganger of the prophet Emmanuel, who is representative of 666, instead of the actual uh, prophet Emmanuel, who was the opposite, who was about life and survival and love and not about suicidal, you know, suffering and pity and escapism and voicing your responsibility onto a, an imaginary figure or whatever, which is what all of that is. I mean, the Catholic Church's, the Christian religion's whole doctrine about Emmanuel's teaching is totally false. It just takes his life and his teaching and turns it into something that's the opposite of what it actually was. Uh, it was all about being self-sufficient and surviving and being stoical and strong and capable of bearing suffering. And they made it into the opposite, into just this cult of total uh, cowardice instead, which is which is why it's an antichrist, because it's literally directly against his actual fundamental teaching and demonstration. <clears throat> now, Islam also has tons of heresy in it, of course. Uh, tolerates all sorts of criminal things like slavery and uh, so forth. And it's uh, uh, falsified. It's got hypocritical morals that they don't even obey themselves as a cover for being evil. And it's to varying degrees, of course. I mean, not the average Muslim isn't, isn't like that, just like the average medieval Christian wasn't. But just like in the Inquisition, there is an evil minority that has a lot more political power and money and, and arms. So, you know, in the Inquisition, the average European wasn't a completely a complete lunatic going around killing and torturing people. It was just the Catholic Church and their henchmen. Same thing with right now. You have Saudi Arabia and Afghanistan and their henchmen who are just like the Catholic Church were then. <clears throat> and uh, I think that's uh, just a simple pattern to follow. So and what do I think we should, we should do? I think that people can believe in the Quran and Muhammad as a personal belief, but I think we have a false interpretation of religious freedom that sects and cults uh, should not be tolerated if they are political and violent, like Sunnism and Shiism and so forth. Like these, these uh, Islamic sects shouldn't be legal in places like the USA or Switzerland. They should be legal only as a personal belief uh, and as an informal gathering perhaps, but not as an, well, not as like a, uh, an organization or as a church or as a mosque or whatever. Uh, I mean, not, not least because the whole thing right now is arbitrarily politically divided between Sunnis and Shiites, these both Muslims, but they have different political centers of power in Saudi Arabia and Iran, and they want to kill each other as a result. And they're using all these innocent people as human shields and slaves to accomplish their political aims. <clears throat> so this new uh, crown prince of Saudi Arabia arrests a bunch of Saudis including billionaires, and tortures them uh, and tries to start a war in Lebanon against Hezbollah. And then the Israelis are involved as well. It's just a big disaster. All these jerks just uh, destroying their own countries for political power. 
so these sects should not be tolerated, right? Like I think the, that there's nothing wrong with like praying or believing in the Quran. I mean, it's it's based at least on a true document. It's falsified, and Muhammad was an actual prophet. But the so it's it's legitimate in that respect. But it's it's of course heretical, just like Christianity. But I'm saying like if you wanted to ban Islam, period, then you have to ban Christianity and Judaism too because they're also false, and they've also been just as dangerous in the past. But uh, I would definitely recommend banning Sunnism and Shiism and any any political influence from either Iran or Saudi Arabia uh, should be should be prosecuted. That these people should be uh, should have their money and uh, and any of their agents cut off. Uh, <clears throat> of course, the same thing with the Israelis because they're criminals for a different reason because they're because they're totally run by the mob. There shouldn't be any aid going to Israel either. It's it's ridiculous, but uh, that's what I think religious freedom actually means. In the U.S. Constitution, you know, you have freedom to believe what you want to yourself. Which the whole idea is that you can, therefore, express your true self. For instance, you have the right, if you want, to be a witch or Germanic pagan or whatever in this country, if that's how you feel your own inner self resonates with the creation. You don't, however, have the right to be like a cult leader like Jim Jones that murders his own followers or a cult leader like David Miscavige who puts his wife in an underground bunker in Scientology or to be a, uh, literally an enemy military posing as a religion like these Sunni mosques are, which is what they're doing. I mean, there's no reason whatsoever for them to need a political organization of any kind or even to have a sect to be Muslims. Uh, like, and as a matter of fact, I think it's even against the fundamental teachings of Islam to have a sectarianism and to have these uh, political Islamist groups. But for some reason, they get away with it. And we think that, that tolerating people from these countries and their beliefs is the same thing as tolerating things like the Saudis or Anwar al-Awlaki or uh, Iran. It's not. I mean, these countries are literally destroying other countries as pawns. And some of the countries they're destroying are better than they are, like Lebanon. Lebanon's a much better country than Saudi Arabia as far as law and order. And yet Lebanon's being used as a pawn by Iran and Saudi Arabia in their extremist war against each other. And I wouldn't even call it extremist. I mean, that term is BS too, extremist. It's not extremist. It's just typical politics uh, taking its political, politicized religion. So, no, I don't think that the Constitution actually protects things like Sunnism and Shiism uh, as, a, as a sect. I think it protects the right to believe in whatever you want to as an individual, but not uh, political organizations of any kind. Same thing with the Catholic Church. Honestly, the reason why we have this interpretation of religious freedom to begin with it's because the Catholic Church in Maryland uh, pushed to have this interpretation. The idea that they have the right to have whatever operations they want as almost an ulterior government in this country. And they should. The Catholic Church should be illegal in the U.S. as well because it's a foreign government, literally. It's the Vatican. The Vatican's a foreign government. So why should you allow a foreign government to operate all these clandestine embassies or whatever you want to call it on your, on your territory? It makes no sense. It's just as bad with any of these other cults too.
But the U.S. has an absurd interpretation of religious freedom on account of the Catholics. And, like, you can believe whatever you want. You can, like, read the Latin Vulgate Bible or whatever, but you sure as hell cannot have uh, the Catholic Church in its current form, which has its own courts, its own law system, its own spy agency. It's just totally out of control. And it's the same thing with the Saudis and the Shiites. Like, why, why do we allow any of this? We must be totally ignorant of the consequences. <clears throat> but that's where a lot of this terrorism comes from, too. Like, I have a... What's this here from Fact Check? Uh, let's see. Uh, talking about uh, reviewing the um, uh, WikiLeaks information about the connection between Saudi Arabia and other Gulf states like Qatar in particular that have funded ISIS and the Taliban and Al-Qaeda. <clears throat> and they find things like uh, the message from John Podesta to Hillary Clinton or from the office of Hillary Clinton uh, where he says that they should use their diplomatic and more traditional intelligence assets to bring pressure on the governments of Qatar and Saudi Arabia which are providing clandestine financial and logistic support to ISIL. So and other radical Sunni groups in the region. So he says that they're, they're actually funding and giving weapons to ISIS, basically, Qatar and Saudi Arabia. And I'm not saying the official government is, but the official government means nothing in those countries because both Qatar and Saudi Arabia are like Sicily. They're run by the mob. So it doesn't matter if it's the official government. That's just a way of circumventing being caught as they engage in organized crime. Uh, and they're billionaires, so I'm sure they can afford to do whatever they want, equivalent to an actual government without any oversight. <clears throat> so you wonder what's going on right now where you have people being arrested and tortured uh, by the crown prince. Uh, I'm skeptical. Uh, I think it's, it's probably bad. Uh, donors in Saudi Arabia constitute the most significant source of funding to Sunni terrorist groups worldwide, according to a U.S. State Department diplomatic cable. So... Uh, Saudi Arabia, while the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia takes seriously the threat of terrorism within Saudi Arabia, it has been an ongoing challenge to persuade Saudi officials to treat terrorist financing emanating from Saudi Arabia as a strategic priority. So they don't care about terrorism outside of Saudi Arabia. They just care about terrorism in their own country, and that's it. In fact, they fund terrorism elsewhere. And that's what we call organized crime. And I mean, what else do they do? Who knows? Drugs, prostitution, probably. Because that's what they do everywhere. I mean, I don't know why, but the mob acts the same way no matter where it is, does the exact same things. The illegal constructions, prostitutes, the drugs, the arms deals, all of it coming from all these different places like Ireland, Sicily, Israel, the Saudis, and Afghanistan. All of them. <clears throat> they all do the same things. And that's why I think, as I've said before, I think that the actual mission of the United Nations as a peacekeeping force is to eliminate organized criminals by treating them as a universal global military enemy and shooting them. Uh, but for some reason, we don't do hardly anything about them. But that's what the UN should be doing. The second job of the UN is to eliminate people who are trying to start unnecessary and destructive wars like Saddam Hussein or the Taliban or uh, these people in Burma, these Buddhists in Burma. But they, don't, they haven't done that either. None of that stuff. Uh, and then what happened is that the U S went in and got rid of the Taliban and Saddam Hussein for a while, but it was ineffective because of the influence of organized crime on our agencies, because we tolerated the drug Lords in Afghanistan. So 
what the UN is supposed to be for is getting rid of specifically these people, these criminals, uh, or the mob, right? The Jewish mob, Irish mob, uh, Saudis, and uh, Pashtun mafia in Afghanistan, and all those sorts of things. Turkish mafia, etc. <clears throat> those, those people should all be treated as enemy combatants and killed. Same thing with until they surrender as an organization, at which point they can be arrested. Same thing with the uh, all these terrorist groups. The, t- the UN's job, I think, as peacekeepers, as they claim to be, is to shoot terrorists wherever they are as enemy combatants and not to treat them as somebody who's uh, awaiting, who needs to be tried for uh, a crime as a citizen or something like that. I mean, you see this in, in, in the UK and in the US, where they just can't charge them with anything effectively and they end up just committing their crimes anyway. They end up committing terror attacks. So it should be considered to be a uh, military and enemy combatants and not some kind of an organized crime and not just individuals committing crimes that need to be charged with something besides terrorism. Uh, it sounds harsh, but that's really how it has to happen. And it has to be global by the United Nations, uh, which means it has to include on a neutral ground with us, the Russians and the Chinese, especially the Russians. Uh, so we can all fight organized crime and terrorism together. Otherwise, it's just not going to happen. So uh, the thing is, people are always paranoid because of false propaganda about the idea of the UN turning into a world government. But the reality is the UN as a world government, that aspect of it is just the UN as a front for the US. Because the USA, the CIA, is an unofficial world government. All right, the CIA, not the UN. The UN is just an ineffective, diplomatic, full of BS, hypocritical body of a bunch of fools that don't do anything. So that's what the UN is. Uh, The US is the actual numeral order, the CIA, which is manipulating things like the European Union and the UN, of course, and many other puppet states around the world. So you can forget about the whole numeral order thing as being the UN. It's just not true. Just the reality is that the the numeral order, if you want to call it that, is the CIA. And uh, things that they do is stuff like, for example, working with the Pashtun Mafia in Afghanistan in order to uh, increase the opium production by like a thousand percent. And that's what they did. Uh, so that tells you some, some of the people in the CIA and FBI are probably in the Irish mob, right? Just like back in the old days with Whitey Bulger and JFK and RFK. Uh, and Harry Truman himself. I mean, that's the level of organized crime going on in the U.S. So you can totally forget about all this, whatever this is, propaganda, disinfo about having to restrict the powers of the UN because the UN doesn't have any powers. All the UN, I mean, what the UN does, however, is it behaves also like it's infiltrated by organized criminals because the UN has lots of sexual abuse going on that they cover up. The UN uh, mysteriously does nothing about things like the Taliban. Uh, I mean, that was the UN strategy for getting rid of the drugs was to let the Taliban continue doing whatever they wanted which was idiotic. But it's the same thing with uh, pretty much anywhere. I mean, unless uh, like NATO got involved, the UN never did anything. So I don't know about uh, 
I just think it's a bunch of BS, honestly. I've seen all this stuff about the UN be, becoming the new world order. It's just a bunch of paranoia. And honestly, a lot of this stuff comes from these fanatical Christians who have a totally distorted worldview in general. Like some of them think that, for example, they'll talk about, like Pat Robertson will talk about how the earthquake in Haiti was because of the uh, voodoo practices there. But if that's the case, right, if you're, or let's, let's say Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed because of their unnatural sexual practices. If that's the case, then what's going to happen to you for literally destroying the environment? <laughs> you know, what's more unnatural? I, I mean, I, I don't think it's not going to happen. I think honestly, that's what's going to happen here is that we're going to be destroyed for our abuse of the environment. But these Christians, like I said, Christianity is a false religion. And these people, these people are really just materialists covering up for their own evil. They're just covering up their own sins with fake morality, just like these Muslims are over in Saudi Arabia with their oil empire and their crime and their arms deals. So I think they're all totally false and they have no idea what, you, what they're talking about or they're just liars. They must be liars. But it's uh, <clears throat> the same thing with all the stuff about Satanism or whatever. Satanism hardly even exists in the sense that they imagine. Most of the stuff that goes on in the world is committed by officially members of the major religions like the the mafia in Sicily that are just evil as hell uh, and the religion for them is just a hypocrisy so there's not a satanic conspiracy it's nonsense it's somehow a leftover from the idea that the witches were satanists which uh, you know it's like as I said the catholic church invented the idea of satan themselves and if there were satanists in the in the Inquisition times than those Satanists or in the Middle Ages and their interpretation of it was that it was like some kind of Robin Hood figure against the ultra evil Catholic Church. It wasn't like the worship of evil and sacrifice of babies or whatever. Never was. If anything, it was just people who hated the Catholic Church for being a bunch of demented rapists and usurers. So, uh, <clears throat> no, I don't believe that there's a satanic conspiracy. I think it's nonsense. I think most of this prostitution, child abuse, whatever, is run by things like the Jewish mob, Irish mob, and the Sicilians, all the same old classic foes as ever. And that the satanic stuff is just a bunch of fantasy. Uh, same thing with the United Nations stuff. I don't think the UN is behind the New World Order. I think they're just a puppet of the US and that the U New World Order is actually the CIA. So... Uh, because who is it that manipulates Angela, Angela Merkel and therefore the, EU, the EU? Who is it that has a huge sway over the UN despite the UN supposedly being a neutral international body? It's the US. Who is it that has agents all over the world toppling regimes and putting people in power and uh, <clears throat> manipulating elections? It's the US. It's not the United Nations. So that's just a bunch of fantasy. The reality is, the sad reality is that the actual like totalitarian illegal government is our own CIA. And uh, therefore it's pretty much the U S or at least one of the governments, of the U S. Uh, so that's something else that has to be cleared up. I mean, you can forget about the UN being the new world order. You can forget about the, uh, satanic conspiracy stuff because the, the people who are really your idea of like evil incarnate are mostly Christians and Jews and Muslims, not Satanists, right? They're like the, the, the Sicilian mafia, the Jewish mob and stuff like that. And the Irish mob, right? So cat, mostly Catholics, Jews and Sunnis 
are these organized criminals. Uh, so it's just not true. You know, you want to find out who's actually running, let's say like the child prostitution. I think it's probably the Jewish mob in Hollywood. At least I think it's the Jewish mob. Uh, it's not the, some satanic cult. It's just the Jews. And the idea that it's Satanist is just a way of covering up for the Jews. I think, I mean, come on, is Harvey Weinstein a Satanist is, uh, or, or that uh, Marty Weiss, the Corey Feldman. I mean, Corey Feldman himself is of Jewish origin, but I'm not talking about every Jew. I'm talking about the Jewish mob, right? I'm saying Weinstein's probably in the Jewish mob. A lot of these guys probably are because the Jewish mob founded Hollywood in Las Vegas. And, the, and like any other mob, they run prostitution and there's tons of potential prostitutes among these young boys in Hollywood. So it has nothing to do with Satan, right? If you, want, if you actually encountered a like a pagan or a Satanist, chances are they're just some wannabe druid or some goth or something. Whereas if you want to find out who's behind the prostitution of children and therefore also probably their murder and burial if they, if they happen to be an inconvenience, that's almost certainly the Jewish mob and the Irish mob and not and other organized criminals like Hispanic gangs, black gangs, whatever. And it's not, it has nothing to do with Satan. I mean, there is like one, uh, there's like one Mexican gang now that claimed to be Satanist, but that's just about it, right? I mean, there's like an Aztec gang. <laughs> but there's no distinction between that and the Catholic Church, really. Uh, you talk about human sacrifice, for example, by the Celts. Well, <clears throat> the reality is that like that wicker man and stuff, that was just uh, a death penalty. It was just an elaborate death penalty. Uh, one of the many examples around the world, even up to the present, of a bizarre and sadistic way of getting rid of murderers and rapists. Uh, the victims of the wicker man sacrifices were actually not like random people who were chosen to be sacrificed to the gods. They were murderers and that was their way of dealing with murder was to set people on fire uh, in, in, in Celtic Gaul or France. <clears throat> uh, whereas the Catholic Church did the exact same thing. And I would say it's just as equatable as with a sacrifice given the religious element. For example, they prayed, they sang hymns while they burned witches. They had entire like choirs singing hymns to God as they burned people alive. And if that's not a human sacrifice, then I guess the wicker man's also not a human sacrifice. It's just a death penalty. And the wicker man was a death penalty for murder, whereas the witches were being burned for nothing more than being heretics. So that was even closer to an actual Aztec style sacrifice. Now, of course, the Aztecs sacrificed thousands, right? But I'm saying the Catholic Church was closer to the Aztecs than the witches were. Or than the Celts were. Because the Celts, their human sacrifices were the death penalty. That was their execution chair. Uh, so no, I, it's not true. I mean, the whole idea of like witchcraft and Satanism and sacrificing babies is a bunch of BS. And also the blood libel against the Jews is, not, is nonsense too. The idea that Jews like sacrifice uh, Gentile children to put their blood in their matzahs. You know what actually that comes from is that, <clears throat> as I said, the Jews have a culture like Sicily of covering up for each other's crimes uh, and of not reporting crimes to the police if it's committed by a Jew. That's why Harvey Weinstein got away with this stuff for so long in part is that Jews are reluctant to tell on other Jews. Uh, that's what happened with these children disappearing uh, in Jewish ghettos is that these children were being killed by serial killers and pedophiles among the Jewish community and the Jews didn't tell on them for fear that it would reflect badly on the Jews or something like that. They were, they, they just don't believe in telling on Jews. It's just like the Omerta in Sicily. Uh, 
And then that created the, the, the hysteria and the fantasy that the Jews were sacrificing Gentile children to put in their matzahs, which is a bunch of nonsense. The reality is it was just the Jews not reporting serial killers. <laughs> I mean, seriously, same thing they do with pretty much any other kind of crime. Uh, just as I said, just like Sicily or parts of Ireland where they have a culture of not telling on criminals from their own society, from their own town or their own community. And that's, that's why, for example, the pedophiles in New York and Brooklyn can do whatever they want because 90% of the Jews there refuse to report anything to the police. They just don't believe in going to the police at all. They just go to the rabbis themselves. So that's what's going on. Okay. It's, it's organized crime in a criminal culture. It's not Satanism or some ancient Moloch ritual or some nonsense like that. Now, historically, it's true that the ancient Hebrews did sacrifice their children to Moloch, but that's totally unrelated. That was, a <clears throat> that was the belief that they would somehow escape bad luck if they sacrificed their firstborn to Baal Hamon. That's it. Carthaginian religion. But they don't, they're not like that anymore. They've, they've evolved way out of that way of thinking. As I said, they, they went through that with Bar, the, the Inquisition with Bar Kokhba in 135 AD. So by now, whatever the hell's going on among the Jews, it's just plain crime and materialism for the most part. <clears throat> and, uh, and, and a culture that tolerates crime and covers up for the crimes of other Jews. So as I said, it's identical to the same thing that goes on in Sicily with Umerta. The idea that they should just keep quiet whenever a Sicilian commits a crime of any kind. And so they don't report stuff to the police. <clears throat> so that's what's going on in Hollywood, right? The reason why so many of these people being accused are Jews in Hollywood is because of A, the Jewish mob, and B, the Jewish culture of not reporting crimes to the police if it's committed by a Jew. And that's how it is all around the world. Wherever there are Jews, there's varying degrees of this criminal culture of keeping quiet about things that Jews do. Uh, so that there is, as a result, a thriving criminal culture among Jews because Jews don't report crimes. They just let them happen. Uh, and that's uh, the same thing in Israel, of course, where the Jewish mob just openly goes in and steals somebody's apartment complex or house in Palestine or just steals some land that doesn't belong to them and then starts building on it. Uh, the Jews also look the other way about that because it's a Jew doing it and they just tolerate any kind of crime. For some reason, they have like an anti-authoritarian culture that believes in crime as a culture, it, just like the Sicilians. And that's where a lot of their anti-authoritarian propaganda comes from as well. <clears throat> like when the Jews talk about fascists or Hitler or Mussolini or whatever, or nationalism, a lot of it is just rooted in this culture of like not trusting any government, of being anarchists, which is how the Jews think. Uh, they have an anarchistic culture. So that's the reality there. It's not, has nothing to do with Satan. I mean, the actual Satan, right? The actual angel of judgment and death, who isn't evil, by the way, but actually just controls evil, uh, is not friendly to these people. Like they're specifically on his hit list. Uh, any, any of these criminals or sects, uh, the actual Satan is going to destroy. Because the actual Satan, as you'll find out if you actually read the Bible, is not an evil spirit or rebel against God, but just a spirit of judgment. So it's the enemy of man, not the enemy of God. Uh, and it isn't even really the enemy of man. I mean, even the term Satan is a confusion for confusion between set and Apophis. 
Now, Set was the god of enemies, and Apophis was the god of chaos and evil. Well, Apophis is not really uh, our enemy either. He's only the enemy of people who are bad. He's the friend of anybody who follows the laws of creation and is good, and he only punishes and destroys people who are bad. So uh, the whole devil and Satan thing, as I said, it's just a bunch of fantasy. If people did try to be Satanists and were still evil and disobeyed the laws of creation, they wouldn't get good results <laughs> because the actual uh, angel of death or whatever is not friendly to evil people. So uh, that's not what it is. It's just materialism and it's self-worship. They worship themselves. They say it in their own texts that they think that they're holy and better than everybody else and chosen that they're all that they're the face of God on earth and so forth. I mean, that's all that's all in their stupid books, and that's what they believe. They're just self-worshippers and materialists and criminals. They're not motivated by some kind of ancient hostility toward God. That's nonsense. They're hostile toward any authority and any any law and order is what it is. Uh, and then from that emerge various other things. I mean, there's things like uh communism and revolutionaries of all kinds because they tend toward anarchy and criminality in general. Uh, I mean, I think Saudi Arabia is also anarchistic. I mean, they, they have their, their supposed totalitarian laws, but they don't obey them. And the USA to a degree tends toward anarchy in some cities as well, like Boston with the Irish mob. Uh, and the CIA is anarchistic. So that's the problem is lack of law and order, organized crime and fake religions that just help, help them by making people naive or by covering up their behavior. Uh, and you have to see things in a clear light of how they actually are and not invent all these fantasies about what they are not really that are just slanders or imaginary. Uh, the actual fact is, yeah. There's a big problem with Israel, but it has nothing to do with some kind of supernatural evil power. It has to do with them being a bunch of criminal anarchists. Uh, same thing with uh, the Muslims, right? The problem with these refugees is largely the fact there are so many gangs in places like North Africa that if you allow a bunch of refugees in from Tunisia or Algeria or whatever, you're going to end up with the gangs, just like they have in Sweden now, where they throw grenades at each other in the streets. <laughs> Literally, they, there's a bunch of grenade attacks every year now in Sweden because of these gangs from North Africa. And Okay, these gangsters, all right, let's think about it. Are they distinguished by being Muslims, by believing in the Koran, or are they distinguished by being criminals that blow each other up and run prostitutes and drugs? So let's get real here. It's crime. Of course, criminals don't want you to think along those lines because then you'd start prosecuting crime or killing criminals instead of thinking about fantasies about religious wars and crusades and other like Lord of the Rings crap like that. I mean, that's just not how reality works. There isn't like some giant force of good and some giant force of evil trying to take over the world. There's just a bunch of criminals using whatever they can to commit crimes and make money. And uh, they're stupid as well. I mean... The Israelis are destroying Israel because of their criminality. Uh, and this, the mafia is destroying Italy by, with these refugees and prostitutes and drugs. Uh, the Ir Ireland is being destroyed by the Irish mob. Criminals destroy societies. 
All right. So I'll be back next week at uh, 4 p.m. Eastern time to discuss some more of this. This is a true role with Matthew D. Thanks for listening. to our listeners revolution radio is you thanks to your continuous support and participation revolution radio will embark to its eighth year Yoo-hoo! and better than ever you the listeners have made revolution radio what it is the number one commercial free talk radio station on the web with nearly 24 hours of live programming delivering directly to you the most cutting edge information available you the listeners have become some of our most popular radio hosts. You, the listeners, offer feedback that molds our programming to appeal to a worldwide audience. You, the listener, provide eyes on the ground, reporting about newsworthy events in your area, and you, the listener, are the lifeblood of this station. We love you, and thank you for being a treasured member of our Revolution Radio family. From all of us to all of you, have a happy and safe holiday season, and let's make this new year a success once again together. Thank you. safe? Do you have the necessary information to assist you in confidently living through just about any survival situation? Is survival and gardening, off-grid living, medical knowledge, or even natural or man-made EMPs on your list of personal concerns? Do you have your documents and your personal information in a safe place in your hands where you know where it is? Well, check out our preloaded EMP-proof thumb drive. Over 3 gigs of survival documents and how-tos, plus the USDA offline food preservation website, and much, much more, including a surprise bonus.